I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 129, Media Determinism. Well, media determinism is one of the intellectual foundations. In fact, you could argue it is the most important part of the foundation of all media studies. Because media determinism is the phrase that's used to describe the approach to understanding the world as something that is everything that happens in the world is the result of some kind of media configuration. So when a new medium is invented and when it becomes widespread, media determinism looks for changes in society that can be explained by that development. And certainly media determinism was the basis of Marshall McLuhan's work, even though he often denied that he was a media determinist. But that's, in fact, what he was doing. It's certainly been the basis of my work, my book, The Soft Edge, A Natural Future and History of the Information Revolution. It looks at things like the impact of the printing press, the relationship between the alphabet and democracy in ancient Greece, the impact of radio and television. You've heard me talk about these things many times before. Well, a few days ago, I gave a very brief, I guess about a 12-minute lecture to my online class at Fordham University this summer about media determinism. So I thought I'd share it with you here. Again, the sound quality over Zoom is not the greatest, but I think you can understand most of what I said. So here now my brief little explanation of media determinism. The Light on Light Through podcast. And the concept is media determinism. So does that sound familiar to any of you? Have you heard that term in any of your communication and media studies courses? Okay, well, you know, it's a pretty well-known term among scholars of media history. And someone uh, basically, I don't know exactly when, came up with the term, probably back in the 1950s. It certainly applies to Marshall McLuhan's work. And actually, the term determinism was in use long before it was applied to media. So, for example, I assume you've all heard of Karl Marx and his view of the world. Well, that was described back in the late 1800s hundreds as economic determinism. And what that means in plain English is that if you want to understand why things are happening in the world, look at the money. In a way, economic determinism is a scholar's way of saying money makes the world go round. And that's why Karl Marx was so interested in capitalism and labor, how much is the worker paid? 
And the whole idea of communism is you can have a better world if you have a more equitable situation in which the worker, the laborer, is receiving a better portion of the money that the capitalist company generates. So that's economic determinism. And then I assume uh, you've all heard of Sigmund Freud, probably the greatest psychologist in history. And he also practiced a kind of determinism. It wasn't media determinism, and it wasn't economic determinism. For want of a better word, it is sexual determinism. That's the root of Freudian psychology. Just about all human endeavors, according to Freud, can be seen as an expression of some kind of sexual energy. I'll give you just one really sort of startling example, if you haven't thought of this before, if you haven't read Freud. Freud wanted to know, why would someone become a surgeon? Let's say you wanted to become a doctor. Uh, why a surgeon? And Freud's answer was, people who become surgeons get some kind of unconscious enjoyment from cutting people. And that's a pretty shocking thing if you think about it. And it may or may not be true. This is just Freud's theory. But that's an example of what he was talking about when he said sexual energy motivates everything that we do. We're often not aware of it. But that brings us to media determinism. And media determinism really is the basis of most media studies, including most, even all of the courses that you've taken here at Fordham University. Because media determinism says if you want to know what's happening in the world, look at the media that are involved in those activities. And in fact, we've already talked about media determinism uh, in uh, these Zoom lectures. And some of you, in fact, uh, have even delved very directly into media determinism. When I said to you that people who saw the presidential debate between JFK and Richard Nixon on television, that those people thought JFK did much better. And I also said people, however, who only heard the debate, that same exact debate, those same exact words on radio, those people thought Richard Nixon did better. And as we know, JFK won the election in 1960. And also, we know in 1960, over 90% of Americans had televisions already in their homes, and therefore, almost everyone who heard the debate heard and saw the debate on television. So, if we think, as I think, as Marshall McLuhan thought, as most media historians and even just general historians think, 
that that debate on television was a decisive event in that election of 1960, that's media determinism. And to skip ahead again and to just touch base on what I talked to you about in the first group of lectures, if we think that Donald Trump was assisted in the 2016 election by what he did on Twitter, and I think he was, in fact, and that's why, again, just to reiterate that, I think it's a mistake to just dismiss Trump as an idiot or a lunatic, although I think there's a, a compelling case for both those points. But just dismissing his becoming president to some kind of weird accident in history, I think is a mistake. I think it's more useful to look at what happened in 2016, and many things happened, so it's not just one thing. Uh, but a media deterministic view would say, hey, Trump's comfort with Twitter, his facility to tweet anytime, day or night, and say very nasty and destructive things. But the point is to be able with those tweets to relate to his base. That certainly was a significant factor in 2016. And of course, we can go further and say, well, how much of a role will that play in 2020? We'll talk about that uh, closer to the end of our term. But the point I'm making now is that would be an example of media determinism. And let me just uh, try to clarify a little more what media determinism is in general. As I just said, there were many factors in the 2016 election, just as there were many factors in the 1960 election. So no one is saying, certainly I'm not saying, that in the 1960 election, the only thing that played a role was that debate on television. Just as nobody is saying, and certainly I'm not saying, that the only reason that Trump won the electoral vote, obviously he lost the popular vote in 2016, no one is saying the only reason that that happened is that Trump was doing so well, was working so effectively on Twitter. Uh, to say that one thing inevitably causes something else that's known as hard determinism. So uh, here is uh, a cup of water. I'm going to take a sip of it. If I were to spill it on my laptop right now, if I were to take that water and spill it on the laptop, chances are the laptop wouldn't work too well after that. And the reason why it wouldn't be working too well after I spilled water all over the keyboard would be 100% because I spilled water on the keyboard. It would not be because, you know, it's a Mac Airbook and there are problems with Mac Airbooks. It would not be because it's an old computer. It's not that much of an old computer. Anyway, it would be for none of those reasons. It would be because I spilled water on the computer. So that's known as hard determinism. 
But most determinisms in the world are soft determinisms, meaning they're not the only factor that causes something to happen. So to give you an example, again, outside of media, consider the relationship between the elevator and the skyscraper. And let's say you're talking about the Empire State Building, which is, what, 100 stories high. Well, clearly, if you didn't have an elevator or an escalator or some way of getting up to the 100th floor, I mean, it's possible you could slowly walk up. I guess even I could do that. It would probably take me a week, but I could walk up 100 flights of stairs if I had to. But it's certainly not something I would want to do frequently. Certainly not something I'd want to do every day. And so... The elevator was absolutely essential when people began building skyscrapers because you needed to have a way to get up to those upper floors. Walking down is not so hard because gravity is working with you. But the elevator was by no means the only factor that was necessary for the skyscraper. There were other factors. For example, if you're talking about constructing the Empire State Building, you certainly have to know something about building a building that big. Uh, You have to know how to put together a steel infrastructure. And, you know, I'm not a builder, so I couldn't tell you anything more specifically, but I can tell you, and it's obvious, that, you know, you construct a tall building like that, you have to know what you're doing in terms of building it, otherwise it'll fall down. So the elevator was not the only factor, but it was a necessary factor. And we could say the relationship of the elevator to the skyscraper would be a soft deterministic relationship. And those, in fact, are the ways that media are things that determine other events in society. It's in a soft way. They rarely, if ever, are the only factor in making or encouraging something to happen. So to get back to your research, when you're doing your investigations, when you're trying to put all these things together, figure out what's going on, uh, you, you really are usually looking at what role a particular medium had in making something else happen. And what you're doing is you are taking a deterministic, a media deterministic approach. The Light on Light Through podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little primer on media determinism. I'll be back here soon with another episode of Light on Light Through. In the meantime, enjoy. Athens, 2042 AD. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. 
curled up with a good book says, Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries.